Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Let's get going. Lots to talk about on the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday afternoon to you. Bob Getty, Kelly Center, Luke Johnson. We're coming to you from the Southern Bank Course Studios in beautiful Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. We're glad you're with us. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Our thanks to them for all they do for Southern Miss and, of course, for the Eagle Hour and we really appreciate everything uh, from Dickie's Barbecue. What a great week to talk baseball. Head baseball coach Scott Berry is just about to join us. The Eagles go a perfect 5-0 and during the week. Two midweek wins, of course, and then the sweep of the Rice Owls. Uh, and the polls come out. The Golden Eagles, number three in the nation in perfect game, number four in D1, number six in Baseball America. Uh, RPI is a 12 Head baseball coach Scott Berry joins us. Coach, uh, thanks to you. I got a chance to chat with a lot of the players Saturday afternoon, and they reminded me a lot of their coach to the man. They told me, we don't care about the rankings. We don't care about RPIs and all that. All we care about is winning the next game. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that because that is one thing that we really harp upon and and just stay in the course and, uh, you know, playing every game no matter what the uh, – you know what what it's all about who you're playing you know we just want to try to go out and play the best game we can and and win it and i'm glad to hear that those guys kind of feel that same way to the player that i talk to every single one same thing coach i'm not going to ask you to go through all five games we do want to talk to you in a little more detail about rice but i I want to talk about the midweeks to start the show today you you beat tulane 11 to 5 you beat new orleans 10 to 5 the team is 9-1 and one in midweek games this year, and that is far and away the best we've seen in a long time in, in midweeks. If you could put your finger on one or two things, what has been the difference in the midweek performance, Coach? Well, I think it's just, um, you know, the the, uh, the players that we have right now and, and the confidence that they have. And, you know, we've talked a lot about chemistry and you know, we've talked about chemistry sooner than I have with any other team, uh, you know, at this point in the year. I mean, we've been talking about chemistry for a few weeks back, and I think that all plays into it. You know, everybody's, you know, pulling in the right direction or in the same direction, Bob. And these guys, are they really believe in one another. And, you know, certainly, uh, you know, they're, they're playing together. I think we're clicking in all aspects of the game, you know, at Tulane, we uh, you know, we score eleven runs and, and beat them eleven to five, and and uh, really really had a really nice offensive night and a game that kind of you know at one time uh, you know was a pretty close game until the fifth inning. You know, both pitchers right. were you know pretty much dealing in there. Tulane was up one to nothing there going into the fifth, but then our offense really got got clicking. So. You know, I just think it's just the way this team, the makeup of this team, the character of this team just believes that whether it's a midweek, whether it's a, a weekend, whether it's at home, whether it's on the road, a neutral site, I just believe that they can go out and win. 
Friday night, uh, you beat the Rice Owls one to nothing to start the weekend. Clearly, Tanner Hall night. He's the Conference USA pitcher of the week. I, I was counting in the first inning, coach. Nine of his first ten pitches were strikes. He goes on to strike out thirteen batters. You just really can't say enough about Tanner Hall right now. You really can't. I mean, it is really electric stuff on the mound, and you know he throws that change up, Bob, to a righty or a lefty, and I mean they just they're just lost with it. I think he uh, he struck out the first seven batters yeah. that he faced, and they were all swinging strikes, and they were aggressive, and they were not trying to get behind in the count. They felt like I think their their plan was is to. Uh, to try to get at him early when he's trying to get strike one there, that was their best chance. But, you know, the action on his baseball was just really hard to pick up. And unless sometimes you just guess in the right spot, you're not going to probably square it up very much. No, he was completely and totally dominant. It's a joy to watch him pitch. And I dare say this, but in some ways he reminds me of Nick Sandlin and how he just absolutely commands the mound. So uh, two, kudos uh, to that young man. So you get to Saturday and you, you have a 6-3 to three come from behind. Here's something that kind of plays out over and over again, it seems to me, when it occurs. Starting pitcher not having maybe his best game, you bring in your bullpen, your relievers do not allow a single run over the final seven innings. You get a big inning from Will McGillis, Charlie Fisher, Blake Johnson, and then your pitching staff just suffocates the opponent. Well, you're spot on with all of that, you know, and I'm glad that you mentioned those hitters because, you know, our hitters are doing a great job. Coach Creel, you know, he has done a a fantastic job bringing these guys along. And, you know, where we have started out just a little bit slow, you know, if you remember back, I told you everybody just about across the country was starting out slow. The pitchers are going to be ahead of the hitters. The cold weather is going to factor in. The north wind is going to be keeping the ball in. Everything that played in it, but – they stayed the course. He he has stayed the course and does, has done a fantastic job with with those guys and, and bringing them along. And, and he's assisted by Ben Brewer, our other assistant. So, you know, hats off to those guys. They don't get enough credit for, for what they're doing out there right. and what their players show up and do each and every day. And good to see Charlie Fisher get that big double. I really felt good for that kid when that happened. You know what? There's not a better kid, uh, Bob. How tough would it be to be the preseason uh, conference uh, DH pick and then you know not much action at all? And you know there at the early in the season he was our starting at DH and just wasn't getting it done. And he'll be the first one to tell you that. And it opened the door and an opportunity for Slade Wilkes, which Slade never never let that door back open and uh, continued to to, to uh, contribute and, and have success. And then all of a sudden injury happens and, you know, you look at your, your roster and who, who fits that best and who's been preparing and who hasn't been sulking and who goes out and works hard and all fingers pointed right to Charlie Fisher, you know, a great teammate, uh, pulling for everybody and continue to get his work in and ready for the opportunity. So couldn't be more proud of how he stepped up there and in, in right. played that, especially with that big, ground rule double that, that plated Will McGillis after Will had hit a double. Yeah, everybody, I think, in the stadium really felt good for him. So, Sunday, I, I said Friday night, though, your starting pitcher throws nine out of ten strikes to start out. Uh, on Sunday, Hurston Waldrop comes out, and he's lighting up the gun 102 one time if the gun was accurate, Coach, and 100-mile-an-hour pitches in the first inning of the game. Electric. Well, I'll tell you, I don't really know what's going on with that gun. 
but uh, against UNO on Wednesday, that thing for some reason started reading a little bit higher than what it has been normally reading. Our right. our, our our analytics guys are sitting in the same spot as they always have, but I think that gun's for some reason is reading three to four miles an hour faster than what than what it is. But let me tell you something. Regardless, ninety eight, ninety nine miles an hour <laughs> is still pretty tough to to uh, get in time with, and, and you could tell that he was really blowing it in there. Uh, yesterday. Boy, he, I mean, he throws gasoline across the plate. There's no question about that. Uh, team played very well, I thought, yesterday. And then, of course, this dramatic ending uh, with the Grand Slam uh, from Peyto. Peyto, uh, I, I'm just speaking for myself, Coach. I, I think Peyto is a star in the making for Southern Miss. The kid really looks athletic. Well, he's got a outstanding future ahead of him, Bob. You can tell that his days are only getting better as he gets going. You know, last year he redshirted. He was he was behind. I think the game was a little fast for him. The the IQ that it takes to play the game was lacking there. He he just had ability, and through the work that Coach Creel has been doing with him and Coach Brewer, you can start to see the dividends paying off and and, and just seeing how that young man is developing and becoming a really, really nice player. He, uh, you know, in, in, in last year and even in the fall, had a lot of swing and miss in his bat. But, you know, if you look at that, too, you kind of go back and you go, well, that may have something to do uh, – with our pitching staff uh, of how, you know, with the pitching he's facing in our scrimmage games, which a lot of guys did. But when it's all said and done, you know, you have to believe that our pitchers made our hitters better in the long run as we move through this season. And uh, Peyto's, he's going to be a really good one. No question. Well, nobody else can hit your pitching staff, so it would stand to reason that that our players might have difficulty uh, facing them as well, Coach. Have you ever had this, uh, have you ever had this depth and talent at pitching, Coach? No, not 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 this depth at all. You know, we've we've had some really good arms, but the depth that we have that we can go to and draw from, and the pieces that we can put together to win a baseball game or even win a series on a weekend. Uh, you know, I think it's it's a balance between guys getting deep in the game. You know, like yesterday, how right. important was it for Hurston to get where he was to keep our guys fresh? Right. Not just not just for yesterday's game, but for the games that are ahead. You know, because some of these guys have had a pretty good workload, and, and you can kind of see a little bit. You know, our walk numbers seem to kind of be starting to come up a little bit, a little hit by pitches. So that rest, and particularly that, that walk-off grand slam that ended that game in seven innings, and we didn't have to cover another two innings and give uh, Ramsey that rest because he was headed out there in the eighth. That's going to prove to be really important for us as we move forward. All right, we're talking head baseball coach Scott Berry. I'm going to turn Coach Berry over to Kelly and Luke when we come back. Just a short three-minute break and uh, more from Coach Berry right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Want to thank uh, Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. Appreciate all they do. You can shop them six days a week. We want to get right back to the interview. I took the whole first segment. Kelly, I'll let you start. 
uh, Coach Scott Berry. One of the things, Coach, that, that uh, about Tanner Hall, we've, we've, it's been noted about how proficient he has been. But, I, but I've said at times, I said the thing that you have to worry about with a pitcher that's been performing that well is sometimes, and it's human nature, that the bats sometimes go to sleep. You go, well, we don't need a whole lot. You know, we got, we got our stud out there. And rarely is one run going to be enough. But holy cow, that, that's when you know things are going your way when, when one run is enough. You know, this time of the year, and you're right, uh, Kelly, exactly. But, you know, on Friday night when Tanner takes the mound for us, he's our number one, and he's also going to face the opposition's number one. So you're going to get their best guy as well. So, you know, runs may be at a premium. You know, you're, you know, I give examples all the time about your best opportunity might be the first inning. You can't miss on that. And, and I, I say that because we missed on it one year against Lance Broadway from TCU. We had a runner at third, less than less than two outs, and we had a chance to win that game if we got that run in. But as as a result, just like we saw this past Friday night, we got beat, and uh, you know that run became so crucial uh, that that first inning. So, but Tanner, he is a guy that uh, that goes out and he excites everybody because you know you're going to get a great effort, you're going to get a chance to win the baseball game. You just got got to take care of the other phases of the game, and that's playing defense and and manufacturing some offense for some runs. I remember the one time the great Sparky Anderson was talking about how well one of his pitchers was throwing, and he was particularly talking about the changeup. And he's and I can't remember the pitcher specifically, but I remember the quote. Sparky said that, that his pitcher's changeup was so effective, the batters, and I'm quoting now, that the batters didn't know whether to crap or wind their <laughs> wristwatch. <laughs> well, that seems like that could be the case with some of these guys against Tanner and his changeup. Luke, Luke, get in here. Coach, uh, Charlie Fisher, the DH this weekend because of an apparent injury to Slade Wilkes. What can you update us about Slade? You know, he's day-to-day. We're not going to push that. It's an oblique strain, which is, uh, you know, that's a big part of what you do when you swing a bat, that twisting motion, that rotation there. Uh, He did it right before uh, BP. He was actually getting in some extra hitting down in the cages before we actually did our – on the field BP on Friday, and then he took a swing when he, once he got up there in BP, and he just said, I'm a no-go. And, of course, uh, you know, we had to move forward real quick, and, and I had to call Jack and say, hey, don't don't bring that lineup down to us all. We're going to have to make a change. So, you know, it was real easy for me to pick, pick Charlie, and I know I said it earlier, but the guy continues to prepare. He continues to. Uh, to look for that opportunity any way that he can help the team. And, and you know, he didn't disappoint us with this opportunity here. I had a listener ask me this, and I think many people kind of wonder about this. You're, you're unique as a head coach uh, because you are in the third base box. doesn't really happen. Uh, you know, happens less um, in, across the country. Why is that, that that you, you know, have made the choice and, and – you do a great job, Coach. That's what I'm saying. But I think a lot of listeners wonder why you are in the third base box when we're batting. You know, I would say, uh, you know, the teams that we play, in all honesty, I'd say it's probably 50-50 of, of the head coach being in there uh, with that. In my own case, you know, of course, been here 22 years. I started at third base box working with hitters. Then I went to working with pitchers with Coach Palmer, and he kept calling the pitches, but I would work with him in the bullpen and still call third base. And then we made a decision where I would work solely with the with the pitchers and, and call pitches and gave the box up. And then when I took over as a head coach, 
uh, I stayed in the dugout, you know, uh, and but then it became apparent that recruiting was essential and that some of your coaches would have to miss games to go watch these kids play. Well, then I would have to come out and coach third base, and then all of a sudden there's inconsistencies in missing signs because you have two different people giving signs. They're all the same signs, but they're a different they're a different uh, rhythm. They're they're just everything about it can be different. And so I just made a decision at that point that we're going to be about consistency. I'm not missing a game to go recruiting. I'm going to be here regardless. Uh, so. I made the decision that I'm going to stay at third base and and run the offense and you know hey it lies on me if something goes goes wrong and you know I'm not one of those guys where everybody looks at the dugout and the, the coach gives a sign or he gives a sign to the guy at third base and then the third base gives it you know I, I don't like to I like to eliminate all that plus you know I like to be involved in that and I, you know, I feel like I can still do that job and we'll continue until you know they take the keys away from me like like you do taking the car away from somebody that's, that's driving but that's i feel not like gonna uh, happen anytime soon out, gonna happen, outside of a near near hit by sergeant yesterday he grazed me right on the rear end on a, on a ball that he pulled down there but i was just enough athletic uh, to get out of the way uh, sergeant uh, one, so. sergeant almost took you out reese almost took coach brewer out Coach, so many uh, great players have come through. I just want to get your comments on uh, Kurt McCarty making his debut in the show over the weekend. God, what what a great young man who's worked so hard to, for that opportunity. And I couldn't be more proud of somebody. Of course, we're proud of all of them that, that make that because that, that's the goal of every one of these kids just about to, to play in, in the big leagues as it was when we were throwing tennis balls against the wall when we were little. But to actually be able to achieve that is just it's, it's a credit to him and stay in the course, believing in himself. Everything that goes into somebody being able to achieve that, it is so much harder than, than what you can even imagine. But really proud of that young man and, and what a great and what a great representative he is of Southern Miss and Southern Miss baseball, as well as Oak Grove and all the Hattiesburg community. Speaking of pitching, Coach, I want to go back to, to your pitching staff. Last Wednesday, you used uh, six pitchers in, in route to, to a win. Um, and you've talked about you know staying the course, but, but we all know that in order to win tournaments, whether it's the Conference USA tournament, whether it's the NCAA uh, regionals, whatnot. You've you got to have experienced pitchers ready to go, and those guys have got to have some some miles on their wheels. Is that part of the strategy now, or or does the game completely have to come to you to try to get some of your other pitchers an inning or two of work when it's not necessarily uh, going to cost you a game? Well, I think you're just going to have to play it by ear, Kelly. I mean, the main thing is, is we're trying to win baseball games. Several things go into that. Certainly, we're not going to jeopardize the health of somebody uh, to do that as well. But, you know, I think that you're going to kind of start seeing maybe here down the stretch a few other guys uh, Mm -hmm. that we need to start getting ready. It's a long season, and the guys that have been carrying the workload, you know, we've got to try to give them a little bit of a break uh, if, if we can without jeopardizing, you know, losing losing a baseball game. So, um, you know, we're going to have to utilize our, our personnel the best we can that's going to enable us to win those games. That's, that's kind of what I kind of what I suspect. And I'm not necessarily – that wasn't necessarily the case Wednesday, but it certainly makes perfect yeah, sense. Absolutely. You know? All right, Coach, we've got two minutes left in the, in the segment. And uh, you've been doing this show with us for five years, so we, we know you pretty well. We've, we're all pretty good friends here. 
And I know you're not going to want to talk about this much, but you're one win away from tying Hildenson as the winningest coach in the program's history and two wins away from achieving that goal. Have you had a chance to think and reflect on that much? Honestly, Bob, I really haven't. I mean, I, I haven't. Uh, you know, uh, I, I didn't get into this career or, or accept this job to do any of that. There's nobody, um, there's there's no two people that I know of that bleed black and gold and gave more back to their university than Coach Palmer and Coach Denson. They absolutely love this place. They they're, they're, They aspire to be the head coaches here and for the groundwork that they have laid for everybody else and for for my opportunity that Mr. Giannini gave me several years ago to to take over for Coach Palmer has been just a true blessing and you know my focus is just like it is with our players you know just you stay focused stay hungry and stay humble and keep moving through but just um, you know that's that's about all I have to say about yeah. that. Uh, I'm just very blessed to to have this job and and be able to have the longevity that that I've been here. And uh, it's really it's great company to have, though. You know, to to be oh, to be is. with Corky I mean, Palmer and Hill Denson. I mean, everything that we all enjoy that's out here today is is a lot to do with those those two guys and you know Hill's vision and uh, a building a stadium. And bringing baseball to the, you know, trying to bring it to the attention of, of people and making them understand that this can be something special. And and certainly his vision has come true. No question. All right, coach. We know you got a busy week. Tough game tomorrow night. Southeastern, real quickly, not going to be easy, is it? No, it's not. You know, always a tough place to play down there. Probably a little sour taste in their mouth from the last time we played them a couple weeks ago up here. <laughs> Um, you know, a uh, tough break there at the end of the game. We throw the tying run out. Next pitch, we strike him out, and the ball game's over. So, But they played us really, really tough. And uh, they, their, their coach, Matt Reiser, is going to have them ready to go. They're, they're hardened uh, by, by his toughness. And so they'll be looking to notch their belt and get in that win column. All right, Coach, always great talking to you. Thanks for your help Saturday afternoon, and uh, best of luck to you this week. All right. Thank you, fellas. Head baseball coach Scott Berry. Golden Eagles ranked third, fourth, sixth, depending on your poll, Kelly Sander. Luke probably knows what they were ranked in the coaches poll. I got busy and didn't have a chance. What what is it real quick, Luke, in coaches poll? Uh, I got to look it up. Third in uh, perfect game, fourth in D1, sixth in baseball America. This lofty stuff, isn't it, God? We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. As always, our thanks to Coach Scott Berry. Two wins away from becoming the all-time winning baseball coach, baseball Southern Miss history. I brought it up to him Saturday afternoon on the field, Kelly. He wouldn't respond. He didn't want to respond there. There are going to be a lot of people talking to him about it this week, but it couldn't happen to a better man. And that's part of what makes him a good guy. You're right. It just, You're right. It's so not even on his radar. Super Talk Eagle Hour can be heard on a podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Or you could tell Alexa Kelly, 
I tried it, and, and Alexa played Super Talk Eagle Hour for me. No luck still? No, no luck. She just, well, she doesn't respond? I, well, it's, you know, yeah. That's, I, but I technologically, I'm very challenged, so I may not have it set up right. You might I, not be connecting with Alexa. But, you I, just but don't know. I, I'll tell you what I'm really amazed about is, and we hear from TeleSouth and Jackson, thousands of people are downloading about Almost 10,000 a week. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. All right. We've been, I've had a lot of people ask me at, at ball games, why don't you get some of the kids on? So we're going to do that. We've got Reese Ewing coming tomorrow. We've got a great interview with Reese Ewing. Wednesday, we have the dog, Kelly. Landon Harper himself will be uh, talking to us. And then Thursday, I got I did a great interview with the Montenegro brothers together, Gabe and Rodrigo together in one interview I think that uh, that people will enjoy that. And I have to tell the story. I, I got called up uh, into the stadium Saturday afternoon and uh, said, there's somebody here who wants to meet you. And uh, I walked up into the uh, up into the suite, and there's this lady standing there in the Southern Miss shirt, and she holds her hand out, and she says, uh, I just want to introduce myself to you, Mr. Getty. I'm the mother of the dog. And uh, she went on to talk about how you and I have hyped up, uh, hyped up this kid all year. And uh, and I saw him after the game, and I'm going to tell you, he loves being called the dog. So we feel okay. we feel better about that. Yeah, that's you know, because sometimes um, I remember there was a high school football player at Oak Grove High School who happens to be of the Mormon faith, and he was a real tenacious linebacker. And I called him. I started dubbing him the Storm and Mormon. And people said, and people said, man, you. yeah, they said, you better be careful, you know, when you're talking. So I went to him and I said, uh, I said, man, is that okay? He loved it yeah, and well, said their entire church started calling him then the storm. Landon made it real clear. He loves yeah. being called the dog. So, well, uh, he's earned it. He's earned it. This is lofty stuff, Luke Johnson. I mean, we're, you're really now looking, barring something really unforeseen happening. The Golden Eagles maybe being a, a national seed. Uh, lofty stuff, third and perfect game, fourth in D1, fifth in USA Today Coaches Poll, sixth in Baseball America. We, we've never been in this territory before. Never have. I, I think uh, I was looking earlier today, the highest a, a, a team has been ranked, um, the softball team in 2000, of course, led by Courtney Blades, they finished fourth in the country after, I think they finished third in the World Series, but they were fourth but yeah, as far as a, a men's sport, I mean, this is it. You're 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 four in in D1. The NCAA baseball rankings that come out, you know, on Twitter, they use the D1 polls. So Southern Miss is fourth there, eighth in uh, I think in collegiate baseball. I think we said fifth in the coaches poll today. I was just looking up some statistics as far as the pitching is concerned. Eagles right now second in team ERA in the country at two point eight, and that's a, as a staff. The whip is second overall, 1.08. Strikeouts per nine innings, they're third. They're striking out 11.4 batters per nine innings. Strikeout to walk ratio, 4.47, second in the country. Walks per nine innings, walking less than three batters. That's fourth in the country. Tanner Hall is 21st overall nationally in ERA at 1.94. And then Hurston Waldrop is 29th nationally. You got two of your starters in the top 30 of all pitchers in the country. And those are starters. Those aren't relievers. So those are guys that are logging big innings. Um, that just shows you how dominant this is. And so, yeah, where you're at now, and again, I got a wet blanket award on social media a couple weeks ago because I, I said rankings don't mean anything. Wins do. And I'll stick by that. It's exciting. I mean, yes, it's exciting. 
Southern Miss, uh, I think in, in Warren Nolan right now, 11 RPI. But yeah, I mean, that's where we are. We are in the national seed discussion now. But you gotta, you, with a four, um, four game lead right now in the conference, you gotta win the regular season. You, I was talking to a, a buddy yesterday. You probably got to get somewhere. You got you got to win of these last uh, what are we at forties? These last sixteen games, you probably got to win twelve of them. You need to get somewhere in 44, 43, 44 win territory. Um, you don't need to drop a conference series. Um, you need at least win two out of three sweeps. It'll help at home. But here's the thing: because Southern Miss, some of the teams we've beaten, obviously like Mississippi State and Ole Miss, their RPI is down. Tech getting beat this weekend by Middle Tennessee doesn't help in some ways. If we can win tomorrow night, though, we can keep, if we continue to win, the RPI will stay high enough. But the strength of schedule is lower than the teams that are around us. So if we were to drop, you know, five or six out of these last 16, we would fall probably out of a national seed discussion into maybe, you know, a a mid, you know, range. And the, the danger of that, guys is because you've got some of these thoroughbreds like Vanderbilt and LSU having down years, they're not going to host. And so you might actually you know, end up having them as, as a two-seed. You don't want to be 16, obviously, because you don't want to go to Nashville, or to Knoxville for a Super Regional. So all of that, long and short of it, is our destiny in our own hands. And this team, as Coach Barry says, if they continue to stay in their lane, I think it'll all work out if you win. Kelly, sounds like we need to quit playing those SEC teams because they're hurting our RPI. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm I'm glad that they're working to get their programs up to Southern they, they Miss. they got a lot of work standards. to do. I'll watch a little bit of their game Saturday afternoon. But what this all comes down to is the pitching staff. We said at the be- Suffocating, dude. At the beginning of the year, we said this is the deepest, most talented pitching staff if, as a whole, it stays healthy. They are going to write their own ticket. You don't even have to have, and Southern Miss does have, but you don't even have to have great players surrounding them. If you have a great pitching staff, you can compete at any level. All right, But then when you add on top of this talented staff the great players that Scott Berry has, and you look at, look at the Wilkes-Fisher thing. All right, all right. so Slade Wilkes get hurt, gets hurt. Next guy up is Charlie Fisher. Right. Okay, we'll take that. I'm saying they are deep everywhere. All right. And when he's starting to use, and and he alluded to it, you know, using six pitchers in middle middle week next week, you'll start seeing some of the guys who haven't logged as many innings. That is by design, so that as they go into the tournament long term, you you talked about how Rice kind of got worn out on Sunday. Southern Miss is not going to get worn out because that pitching staff is so deep. And so talented. That is what's going to win the Conference USA tournament. That's what's going to have them go a long way in the NCAA tournament is that pitching staff. And the benefit of that. So so think about the Arkansas region, the Fayetteville regional a few years ago. The big question was, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to you know pitch? Uh, uh, are we going to save Sandland for game two? Because we see some some guys do that when they got a stud number one. They don't throw him in game one. Well, Scott Barry's never been that way. He says, I'm going to keep my rotation in, uh, you know, in order as I go into a regional. So what that means is, guys, you either have, if you, if you win the first game with Tanner Hall, then you've got Riggins, who's a solid number two. I know he struggled Saturday. Everybody struggles. But what you're looking at is, if you were to lose in game two, you would still have Waldrop for an elimination, or you would have Waldrop to win the regional. I mean, that, that is, the rotation is in a place that it's never been before. 
We've had one guy stud, absolutely. But to have two guys in the top 30 in the country in ERA and who have the strikeout just mesmerizing stats, I mean, this is eye-popping stuff that Waldrop and, and – and Hall are doing. And, and, and to have those guys bookending your starting rotation and the guy in the middle is a fifth-year senior that, that can pitch around and, and has quality stuff. I mean, we've never been in this place before as a, as a pitching staff. And most teams have one stud, right? If you, if you look at the high school level, you'll win at any classification. You'll win a state championship with two studs. All right, because if the stud isn't pitching one game, two, then stud number two pitches. Southern Miss doesn't have one or two; they've got about five. They didn't use they didn't use the closer this week. No, I'm, so I'm saying this. No. This Here, and here's really a name well. we've all forgotten about a little bit: Ben Etheridge. This is a kid that was a starting weekend pitcher up until this year. He pitched very well against Tulane. He seems to be getting better and better and better in this relief role. There could conceivably be a fourth starter that could be very effective if you needed him in a tournament. And what is he? A sophomore? He's a sophomore. Yes. This is a baby team, buddy. They lose. They lose Montenegro, which obviously Gabe's a great addition to the team and a great part of the team. And they lose the Saturday pitcher, the kid from Delta State. Other than that, everybody comes back. Halls of Halls eleven starts. He struck out eight or more batters. Eight out of the 11 times. He struck out, I think it's six out of those 11 double digits. Waldrop has struck out 11, 11, 13, 10, and 12. Five of his uh, of his 10 starts. So the swing, it's not just Riggins is a different pitcher. He pitches like Walker Powell. He'll pitch the contact. He can strike out, but he'll he the defense plays good behind him. But the, the deal with Hall and Waldrop, it's not just ring them up watching. It is the swing and miss stuff they get. And that is where a batter commits to a pitch and still can't hit it. That That's what's different about this team this year. Yeah, and you'd have a lot of parents in travel ball this year looking at Tanner Hall saying, he's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. All right, steady wins the race. Southeast Louisiana tomorrow night, not going to be easy. A good UAB team in Birmingham this weekend. But 14 in a row for the Eagles. Steady wins the race. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of the Eagle Hour. Today on a Monday, beautiful day, warm in South Mississippi, but happy to have you along, Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Softball drops two of three. Uh, over this past weekend to UTSA. They did win on Saturday in an absolutely crazy eight-inning game. Football score, guys, 20-13. to 13. Coach Brian LeVan's uh, Lady Eagles um, win that one. But history was made um, this weekend. Uh, Tata Davis broke the program record in hits, and she did it in fashion on a two-run home run. Um, so 
Congratulations to Tata Davis uh, being the most prolific hitter in Southern Miss history. We'll try to get uh, someone later in the week to to talk about that because that is just an outstanding accomplishment um, for her as a member of the Lady Eagle softball team. Softball 27 and 18 right now, 7 and 11 in Conference USA. They will take on Mississippi State in Starkville. On Wednesday, beach volleyball drops two to Tulane this weekend down in New Orleans. Uh, they will take on Georgia State in Huntsville, Alabama this Thursday. Golf is uh, in Texarkana, Arkansas at the Conference USA Championship at the Texarkana Country Club. 13 teams there. Southern Miss right now one over as a team in round one. They're currently in eighth place. They're just, uh, I think, four shots out of the lead. So uh, good luck to Coach Brescher and the guys um, out there. Conference USA over the weekend. Of course, Southern Miss sweeps Rice. Charlotte sweeps UAB. Old Dominion takes two of three from FAU. Charlotte sweeps, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Charlotte swept uh, UAB. Marshall sweeps Western Kentucky. UTSA, two out of three from FIU. And then, hey, guys, Middle Tennessee, two out of three from uh, Louisiana Tech. And so your standings right now in Conference USA, Southern Miss with a four-game lead, Eagles 16-2, and two, Louisiana Tech and UTSA 12-6 and six behind the Eagles. And you actually have the tiebreaker against both of them because Southern Miss won the series with both of them. Correct. So just tech. We oh, that's right. You haven't play played UTSA. UTSA. That's right. So tech. So tech. You have a five-game bulge. As so this, for all practical purposes, it's over as far as seeding goes. And don't say it. Well, no, don't I, say it. And no, I, a number one seed. I'm talking. That's all I'm yeah, saying. And I'm gonna say this. Something you've been saying all year too. Uh, they may lose a game or two down the road, but you you can talk about how good Middle Tennessee is, and you talk about all those teams. And then at another level is Southern Miss, an elite baseball team right now. 100%. And, and yeah. it helps us, too, with, with what these RPIs are doing. So Southern Miss right now 12th, Tech 50th, Middle Tennessee 51st, UTSA 58th, Old Dominion now in the top 62. They're at 62. UAB 85, Charlotte 88. So Southern Miss still to play the 85 RPI, the 62 RPI, the 58 RPI, and the 51 RPI. This is probably the best RPI Conference USA has been in a long time, guys. And it's going to help the Eagles as they go in, you know, and play these final series. They're playing RPI teams, not just in the top 100, but most of them in the top 60. You know, when we looked at the schedule when it first came out, the three of us were like, whoa, look at the schedule. And Scott told us then it's, it's helped build an RPI. We want to play tough teams, tough schedule, and here we are, and it really looks like it's paying off. And, you know, with them going to UAB this weekend, it wouldn't surprise me at all if a lot of Southern Miss fans went up to Birmingham for the weekend. Yeah, it's I'm not the three and a half hours. I'm thinking about making the trip myself yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah, and you could, you could watch the Fighting Elfeds in Birmingham this weekend, too, as the New Orleans Breakers, led by Coach Larry Fedora, win again, Luke. And Kyle Slaughter, right? Yeah, He's a wide receiver for the Golden Eagles, starting quarterback. They won again. 35-3. to three. So, Elfed might have something going there in New Orleans in the mm. USFL. Mm. How'd the crowds look? Did anybody check it out? I was at baseball all weekend. Um, they, they, somebody actually compared it to when FAU hosted the Conference USA Football Championship. Mm. I'll let you uh, Even Bur- take it from I would there. think Birmingham, though, probably drew a Pretty yeah, Birmingham always when they when they're playing their home team is playing. And that's kind of an unfair thing to say too because you know, it's 
odd that right. everybody's playing. Hey, look, quickly, we want to thank 4th Street Bar and Grill for all they do for the Eagle Hour. We got so carried away in baseball. We didn't do that. D1, D-Bad as well. We got to get Miss Catherine back on the show. I think she had a baby a few months ago, but I'm sure she's back. And uh, running the show down there at D-Bat, so we want to make sure that we uh, extend our warm thanks to them, yeah, as well as to the Southern Bank Corps folks. And Catherine is at D-Wonder. <laughs> I'm sure if Miss Kathleen... At uh, right, <laughs> talked right. about you talk about her having a baby. She's probably now having a heart attack. As yes, you no, no, we're talking about Catherine, Catherine at, uh, yeah, at D Bass. So we look forward uh, to having those great people back. Uh, we're going to be at Southern Bank Core Studio here. I, I don't have the date right in front of me, but uh, uh, here in the next couple of weeks, so that'll be a great uh, event down there. And we're grateful for all they do. And, all right. And and with and with all this, we've been talking rankings, RPI, potentials. Here's the most important part, Southern Miss fan. Just enjoy the ride, man. Right. Like this is a historic day. Like yep. don't enjoy it well, but just enjoy the ride and and just enjoy the fact of what this baseball team's doing. And general admission, I mean general public ticket sales for the Conference USA tournament May second. General, those tickets go on sale to the general public May 2nd. Heath Hinton and Reese Ewing on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Landon Harper and Coach Oz coming to us Wednesday, along with Patrick McGee and Gabe and Rodrigo Montenegro on the show Thursday. And finally, the visitor from the East will be here Thursday as well. He will return. Until then, the Magnificent. Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.